1: From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this this is the
0: award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat.
1: Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now! What's going on? Welcome to another episode of After 9. Sorry we had to cut yesterday short. I don't know what's going on in early April or if our computer caught Omicron or some shit like that. But it's uh, it's been very difficult from a sound perspective. But I think we're making a little bit of progress here, Kat.
0: I think so. We're here. We're here. That's all that matters, guys. So forgive
1: us if anything goes wrong. But
0: we're going to make it work. We made it work all morning long with some, a couple technical issues on the show, too. But here we are. We're good
1: health minister christine elliott has announced that we have expanded booster eligibility cat and maybe you're thinking to yourself i think everybody can get the booster now what is this one for the five-year-olds nope nope this one is the fourth dose in a year is now approved now nasi those geniuses approved it for uh those 70 and up but ontario has gone even further and they've made it available for 60 and up so your parents or maybe even you maybe you're one of our older listeners you can now get yourself a fourth dose
0: Okay. Well, there's going to be a lot of um, older people, uh, particularly maybe in settings that are more vulnerable than others. that will be excited to hear that. If that makes you feel better, even because we're sure that the protection is there. I mean, there's results that show it. And but if it makes you feel better, that's great. Give her.
1: Can I ask just a couple of hypothetical questions on this? And, and I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not qualified to give any medical advice at all. So I'm just going to ask some questions. And Kat, by the way, is in the exact same boat. Don't get any of your medical advice from us. But I'm wondering some, a few things. If the first three didn't give you the protection that you need, why would anyone think that a fourth dose would give you the protection you would need? That's one of the questions that's on my mind. And I assume that because you're just getting this fourth dose, that it would give you some efficacy because you just got it. And we know that the shots last for at least a little while, although they seem to wane a lot faster than we thought they would. That's my first question. The second question is, if you've already had COVID, which I have to think with the amount of people that are sick now, the amount of people that were sick in December and January... Is it really a good idea to give yourself a fourth dose of vaccine on top of the fact that you've already had three in the last year and on top of the fact that you've already had an infection? Is there such thing as too much immunity or too much (laughs) shit in your system? Because I'm kind of wondering that too. I don't know much about this fourth dose. It's the same thing that is giving it to you for a fourth time. And frankly, I'm looking at the hospitalization numbers and the biggest cohort of people in the hospitals... Are people who have had three shots mm-hmm. Two and a booster And and maybe there's a good scientific explanation for that Maybe I We, we could talk to the doctors Or, or whomever If we, you trust them to give you the, the real advice on that But the reason I'm asking that Is because it seems like a lot of shit To put in your body in one year yeah. Four doses And I don't want to discourage anybody If you're scared, if you really want it Okay, fine, do what you have to do To protect you But I really hope that when they saw how few people took the third dose, they're not expecting all of us to run out and jump to get it because we're now onto the fourth or expecting all of us to get caught up and get a third and fourth dose because, frankly, I don't think that's in the cards for a lot of people. It seems like the vast majority, well, statistically, we can prove it, the vast majority got two shots. That's where they stopped. After that, we went from 80-something down to like 40-something in uptake. And I have no reason to think that it's going to be any higher for a fourth dose. <clears throat> in fact, I've heard from a lot of people that have had three doses that say, I got the third because I thought that's what we had to do, but I'm done. No more until at least next fall. And I think that's kind of where I am too. I'm not opposed to getting another shot. Mm-hmm. I'd, like, uh, I'd like a little time to go by. So I think I'm going to wait till fall for the seniors. Now, we don't have any long term studies on these vaccines. We don't actually know what's going on. Just last week, uh, Dr. Teresa Tam, you can go back and watch it if you want. Her news conference last Friday, she was asked why uptake on the third shot was so much lower than on the second shot. And she actually said in her speech, well, you know, we've learned a lot about the shot in the last year. Don't take my word for it, go back and watch it. I thought that was a stunning admission from Dr. Tam that she's admitting, yeah, we told everybody to take these shots and we really didn't know all there was to know. And frankly, I'm not sure that we do now either. But either way, if you're 60 plus, you can get a fourth dose of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine here in Ontario. Actually, we have other ones too. We've got that plant-based one and all sorts of shit. There's something yeah. for everybody in the vaccine buffet. Something well, for everybody. Well, and look, it's
0: it's about, the fourth shot is more so, I guess, about protecting those who really feel as though that's going to stop you from going to the hospital, right? That's that's what the booster even seemed to be for a lot of people. The first booster, I mean. Now we're, I don't even know if we call it fourth shot, second booster. You're right, it's very confusing. But if this is going to keep less people... You know, people out of hospitals, then great. I mean, yeah, everyone's gonna, I feel like everyone's gonna catch COVID at this point, but the thing is keeping those ICUs protected, and if that means boosters for the old people who are more vulnerable, and I'm just going to say old people because I don't know how else to say it, then then that's great. Or those who have, you know, underlying health conditions, I know there are people that have been waiting on this and they feel protected by it, and perhaps they did get sick, and they know they might get sick again, and you might catch it a second time. God forbid you might catch it a third time, I don't know, but at least if you have that extra layer of protection, it may be what stops you from being in an ICU. And then on top of that, we have the viral pill. Now if from what I know you can take both Um, I don't know if there's like a timeline where you can't take that fourth booster and let's say God forbid you end up in a way that you need that pill as well I'm not sure how that works are you allowed to take a fourth booster for example and God forbid oh God you get sick I'm eligible for this viral pill. Are you allowed to take both?
1: I think you can. I don't know why you wouldn't be able to. They're both made by Pfizer. So I have to think that there's some sort of inefficiency there. Uh, When it comes to the antivirals, this to me, and I think to a lot of people, was supposed to be the game changer. Okay. You didn't want a shot fine. Now you don't need the shot necessarily because we do have these antivirals which give you a much better chance at staying out of the hospital if you happen to get sick. Much better chance than if you had had nothing at all. So you could take these pills. But then they made it so freaking hard to get the pills. The bar is so high that most people who get COVID don't even qualify for the antivirals. So apparently that's one of the things that the health minister is going to change today. They, they got to make those pills available. If they work and they're safe, fine, make them available. You can go anywhere in Ontario, anywhere in the world right now practically and get an injection. But the pills, the ones that that work immediately, they're effective as long as you take it within five days of the onset of symptoms, these are the ones that are gonna help you get over those symptoms and avoid you going to the hospital. Great, make them available. Do we seriously not have enough? Are we seriously going back down that road where everybody wants it and we don't have it? That better not be the case. If we've got the pills, make them available. Doug, hello Doug, get on the pills. Put them out there for everybody. Doctors, pharmacists, nurse practitioners, whomever, they should all be prescribing this if there's any chance that somebody could get sick. Now, I don't know if you're a healthy individual and you've had your shots, well, I guess even if you're a healthy individual and you've had your shots, they can't guarantee that the vax is going to keep you out of the hospital because there's a lot of fully vaccinated people in the hospital. But when it comes to the pills, whatever the criteria is, lower it so it's available to more people. This should be a no-brainer. It's amazing to me that with the province saying, nope, no matter what, we're staying open. And we have the pills that can help keep us open. They're not giving out the pills to keep us open. It drives me batshit crazy, cat, that this is the point we're at. But here we are. Um, as soon as the health minister does give that news conference, by the way, we'll get some more details together and we'll have that likely on tomorrow's episode of after nine, the province has announced, and this kind of came out of the blue, they're raising the minimum wage. Is this because Doug truly feels bad for people that are living on a minimum wage income and he wants to do something to help combat the rising inflation? Or did some new polling numbers come out that say he's not doing too well in certain demographics? Uh
0: Yeah, maybe it's a mix of both, but I certainly think that obviously politics have uh, have a big, there are a big piece of it. And, but I do think, I mean, when you look around, you look at inflation; it's it's insane right now. It's insane for a lot of families who make well above the minimum wage. It's it's hard for them to get through. So, I mean, I'm all for it. I think we do need it. It sucks that we're here, though. It sucks that we're at this spot where the prices of everything are going up. That we have to do this again and again. But uh, yeah, it's also political. Of course it is. It's probably a mix of both, honestly.
1: Let me read you a little bit of the story from this morning. The bump to fifteen fifty dollars an hour is tied to the rate of inflation in Ontario, which has risen sharply this year. The Ford government hiked the minimum wage to $15 an hour just a few months ago in January. That was a move it had canceled when it was first elected back in 2018, saying businesses cannot afford it. So what I'm wondering is, can they afford it now? And if we're not really gonna care about the affordability for businesses, then why did they cancel it in the first place? It's worth noting that based on the rate of inflation here, if they hadn't canceled it when they got elected back in 2018, if they'd just left well enough alone, by the time October 1st comes around and people get up to 15.50, they would have been making 15 all along and they'd be up to 15.75 an hour by October. So, are they gonna admit, yeah, you know what, sorry, we screwed up. Are they gonna come out and say, yeah, we really shouldn't have canceled that, we did it, because we were partisan, and we didn't like anything that Kathleen Wynne did, and we didn't really understand the implications of what we were doing. I don't think they're gonna say those things. They're gonna take a lot of credit for raising the minimum wage, but they're not going to accept the fact that they probably shouldn't have canceled it in the first place, because that's exactly what they did. This was already supposed to be the minimum wage. And, and, oh, yeah, one more thing on the the province here. I'm a little down on Doug lately because he's just acting so irresponsible. Just a slimy politician out there blowing everybody's money. It's very frustrating. Uh, He's parading around lately about how he took the tolls off. Was it the 418? It's a little stretch of highway that connects the 407 to the 401, way out the other end of Durham. Uh, Doug, maybe... That helps out some people. I would like to see all tolls taken off of our roads in Ontario or at least make them more affordable. I wouldn't be taking a victory lap on taking the tolls off of that little small highway. The 412 and the 418, that's what they are. I mean, what let's be honest, flight. that impacts an extremely small amount of Ontarians. The vast majority of Ontarians are getting fuck all out of this, but it's going to cost us a lot of money to take those tolls off. So dig it easy on your victory lap here. I've never taken that highway and I probably never will. That doesn't affect me at all. So, yeah. you know, like, let's, let's do the best and the most good that we can with what we have. You can go ahead and lower the tolls or eliminate the tolls completely but we have a big 407 problem that's the toll that i'd like to talk to you about
0: yeah, but is this a, is this something that's supposed to help people or is this something that's supposed to help businesses? I mean, I don't understand that small stretch, but even if you took it off the 407, who's supposed to pay for that? Yeah, That is going to be the government because that's owned by a different company. It's not owned by the Ontario government. So yep. we're just going to take more money out of everyone's pocket?
1: The 407 deal, I get that at the time, Ontario desperately needed money. So they sold an asset. I mean, a lot of people sell shit when they need money. That's why Facebook Marketplace and... and Want ads? <laughs> gong
0: show. Don't
1: bother. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why those services are around, because people sell stuff when they need money. I- in the case of the 407, we needed money, and they sold the highway, but it was such a horrible deal because there was no control to protect Ontarians. Think of it this way. Somebody put this on Twitter yesterday, and I thought about it, and I can actually relate to it because I've done this, and it makes a lot of sense. If you drive the 407 from the start in Burlington to the finish out in Durham... $70 one way. Mm-hmm. $70 one way. Now, in contrast, if you were to take the New York State Thruway, this is the toll road that runs right through the heart of New York State and connects New York State from the border in Niagara right to the Massachusetts border. That's a long stretch. We're talking like a five hour drive, maybe even more. That would cost you a total of $20.12 to go start to finish. Yeah. We're charging 70 for a one-hour drive.
0: It's crazy. I took it once. I took it one way. I took it, and thank goodness I decided the, the way home, I was like, ah, you know what? It's fine. I'm actually like ahead of the game here because I didn't want to be late for an event, and I took that stretch, um, and it was long, and I knew it was going to be a lot, but I was not expecting the bill to be that high. It is too high. It is absolutely too high. I don't know if the if you make it free or you just attempt to put some money in there to drop the rate, and again, who? I don't know who we're going to be helping. I guess businesses in that case mostly because I know a lot of people, a lot of companies will pay for it for their employees. Some don't, but some will.
1: I just think we need to find a way to figure out this 407 mess. And maybe it's a renegotiation. Or maybe we just do a good old-fashioned fuck them and stiff them. Uh, by the way, this is our highway. We're taking it back. If you don't like it, come at us. Something. Something's got to be done. We have this massive highway that runs right through the heart of of, Southwestern Ontario, sorry, of southern Ontario, it connects some vital area. This is huge for business and most people can't afford to even use it because the tolls have gotten so out of control because we got such a bad deal on this. Uh, Doug, if you're such an expert negotiator, now that you've solved the child care problem, why don't you call the 407 and see what can be done about that? Because that is a big problem. Maybe just maybe make it a rule. There will not be any more toll roads in Ontario because you, lo- you want to build highways, Doug, and we have to pay for those highways. Tolls are a good way to do it, but it's $70 each way. It's just not feasible. Something really does need to be done because we have a major affordability problem. And I- I'm sorry to say, I don't want to shit on their parade here, but an extra 50 cents an hour isn't going to solve the problem. I'll be honest with you, I make a lot of money a lot. I do pretty well in life. And even I have a hard time some months getting all the the bills paid and paying for all the stuff that I want to pay for. I don't understand how people making $15 an hour make ends meet. When you look at the cost of groceries, the incredible increases to rent, when you look at all those things and add them up, how how many hours do you have to work at $15 an hour to be able to live?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is there's a difference between the minimum wage. And this is where the argument will come into, right? There's a difference between a minimum wage and a living wage. And I do agree with that. Like minimum wage, this is, but I, I don't think it's right. But minimum wage is really meant for those who are starting to work. And that really, that money should only be given to those young teenagers who are in their first job. And maybe that is whatever, at a grocery store, at a retail outlet, at many different jobs that could start at minimum wage. That's what it really was initially meant to be. But it's amazing how many people, even who have been doing that job for a long time, aren't making their way up aren't making their way up to that living wage that livable wage that we do need to see they're continuing to make the minimum wage which in my opinion should just be for those starting out that should be for your. you're in high school and that's your first paycheck remember that remember when you got your first paycheck in high school you had a job most people did i think when i've got that first paycheck yeah i mean i was making minimum wage but i was like yes this is a good starting point and that's exactly what it should be we shouldn't have people working full-time two jobs at minimum wage just to make it through. So I'm glad that something's being done, but I wish that there was a way that we could differentiate it better and say, nobody who's working more than five years at this job could possibly be making a minimum wage. That's not right. You should be making more money. And those raises just aren't there for those positions because they'll tell you they're meant to be entry level or minimum. So they're not going to give you more for it. It's frustrating.
1: We collectively, have made life in Ontario so expensive through a long series of screw-ups at the the government level that this is where we are. There's a cost to living in Ontario. And and I just kind of want some honesty. I want Doug, who's very well off, and and Christine, the deputy premier, who's also extremely well off. These are people that make six-figure salaries and do very well in life, plus they had money to begin with. I'd like them to try and sit down with the average family. Two people making under 20 bucks an hour is not going to get you a lot. I'd like to see Doug balance a family's budget for a month based on the minimum wage. Maybe that's what it's going to take for him to understand that this just isn't possible. It's not feasible. It can't be done. There's people who are out there uh, trying to get ahead and they just can't get there. And I'm not saying that the the answer is a handout. I'm not saying that at all. There's a lot of people out there who would love to be working. But frankly, with the costs as high as they are, something's gotta give. Fifteen fifty an hour, okay, fine. You're gonna tie it to the rate of inflation, okay, fine. Well, inflation's what? Five percent? Is that what it is right now? Five, six, seven percent? Something like that. In and around. Well, even if you do add five, six or seven percent of fifteen dollars, that's not a lot. It doesn't match the actual cost of how much things are going up. It's crazy to me that we've got so many people that we've just thrown to the wolves and said, eh, whatever. You don't have a place to live? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You could move. Or maybe that's it. Maybe Doug should just come out and say, hey, listen. You can't live here. You don't have enough money. You're going to have to piss off and go to Nova Scotia or go to PEI or something like that. Ontario is for rich people only. Everybody else, get the fuck out. You're bringing down the average. Maybe he should just be brutally honest if that's the goal. But for them to come out and say, raise the minimum wage, it just gives other people that aren't struggling as much a false sense of security that, oh, we've solved the problem. Everything's okay. They raise the minimum wage. It's tied to inflation. We're good. It's not good. People don't have the money to make things work. When their rent went up three, $400 a month overnight and the landlords can get away with it on various different technicalities, what's that extra 50 cents an hour going to do? You still can't afford your rent. Yeah. What, are you supposed yeah. to get a hotel? Come on, yeah. come on. We have a real affordability problem in this province. And simply raising, or sorry, lowering the cost of daycare to $10 a day in, eventually, Eventually is not solving the problem. Taking five cents a liter off the price of gas in July is not solving the problem right now. We really have to come up with some solutions. People need to sit down and figure it out. And step one is for the people that have to understand the people who do not. And until we reach that parity where people can truly... I mean, the decision-makers, can truly relate. We're not going to get any further ahead in this province, and it's sad because every single person that lives here has something to contribute. Well, not everybody. Some of them are real degenerates. I'd like to get Oh, rid absolutely. Of the, just
0: just living off the system, making it really bad for those who actually need the system, by the way. Oh, I was so talking about the ones that are making
1: bad. money... Uh, uh doing all kinds of nefarious things in the underground but uh, yeah yeah there's some real shitheads
0: that too but there's shitheads of all kinds there's a shitheads that are taking our money that aren't doing anything and then there's people who could really use that money that aren't getting enough money it's unfair i don't like
1: Let's talk a little bit here about Gabby. Gabby is on TikTok like so many people are. And Gabby has shared that she's got some tests that guys must pass if they want to continue dating Gabby. But here's the thing. The guys don't know they're being tested. And it's almost sort of a double test. So let me tell you a little bit about what Gabby here does. I've never seen her. I don't know. Like maybe she's a maybe she's an eleven. On the 10 scale. Maybe she's just that good that guys are dying to be with her. But this list is a little ridiculous. She starts off let's just stop this conversation and the back and forth 50 50 bullshit. First date, he needs to be paying 100%. And if he's not, then like, bye. So what she'll do is she'll go out with these guys, and the bill will come and. She'll say she wants to split it. So the guy will say, well, okay, if you want to split it, fine. No problem. We'll split the bill. If they agree to split the bill, fail. No more more dates. They don't get a second. In the next example, she went out with a guy. They each called an Uber. They were going to go home to their separate residences. His Uber got there before hers. He said, you know, I think I'll wait with you just to make sure that everything is okay and that you get home safely. She said, no, don't worry about it. I'm good. I'm enjoying the warm air. I'm just going to stay here. My Uber will be here any minute. Don't worry about it. Go home. So the guy was like, okay, all right, I'll go home. Have a great night. Nice to meet you. That apparently failed the test. She says, men should double check that women made it home safely. If you don't care about my safety and making sure that I get into my Uber safely, you're done. Mm. See what I mean? She tells them one thing, and if they do what she says, they've failed the test. Yeah.
0: That's where I have the problem, by the way. It's It's not even that you believe you should be with someone who makes sure that you get home safely. I agree with that too i always loved when you know i would be dropped off after a date for example and i walk up to the door if they drive away before i even get into the house that to me was like oh seriously like you don't give a shit if i got in safe or anything and my husband when we first started dating would always wait and i always loved that and i felt like yes so it's not like necessarily i was testing him but that that point mattered to me absolutely that you that you go out of your way to make sure that i'm safe But that's being dishonest, first of all, saying, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. Because don't forget, like you can't win no matter what, because there are gonna be people who truly don't want you to wait for them. Like, please don't, I can handle myself, I got mace, I'm good, go, and they really truly mean it. So to tell someone to do that, to leave, and then get mad at them for it and be like, okay, well, that's that's not happening then. You're playing games, you know? You play bitch games, you get pitch prizes. There's probably no wonder there wasn't a second date for this woman yet. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot to test. I don't like games. I just don't like that shit. Do you actually want a date or do you just find it to be a big game?
1: Well, I, it sounds like she considers this a game. And I think she thinks she's got a lot of it. I don't see it that way. Hey, listen, I don't know what happened to good old-fashioned honesty, but she could just tell these guys, hey, listen, I, uh, I'm one of those people that thinks it's a first date. You ask me out, you get the bill. Yeah, you should wait for me. I, I don't feel safe standing on this street corner here, and she lives in the Miami area. I don't feel safe standing on a street corner at 1 o'clock in the morning in Miami waiting for an Uber alone. Be honest. If you want him to stay, tell him you want him to stay. If you want him to pay the bill, tell him you want him to pay the bill. Why are, I, I don't, games is a great way to put it. And I don't know why we're playing them. Uh, so after this guy failed her protection test, she went with another guy and just casually mentioned, ooh, I'm really cold. She did that one as a test to see if he would give her the shirt off his back to make her warm. She says, if you don't give that to me, you're dead to me. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy, Kat? Wow. It's crazy. Listen, this girl is, uh, she's a piece of work, but she's not the only one. And I I think the problem that I have with it, the biggest problem, because there are many, the biggest problem is the guys can't win. There's no win on this test. In this case, she told the guy to leave just to see if he would stay. Well, there's a lot of guys who can probably relate to the fact that if you stay, if you insist, nope, nope, I'm not going anywhere until you get in that Uber. I'm staying here to protect you. A lot of women don't like that. A lot of women find that creepy and controlling and so on and so forth. They can take care of themselves or they know where there's a safe place, whatever the case is. They don't want that guy that they just met hanging around on a street corner in the middle of the night. So I don't know that these guys could have won anyway. She said no and you want to insist yes? Sorry. That's not really a a, a tenable situation. That's not a situation I would ever want to be in. So you're setting yourself and these guys up for failure. And I'm not surprised she's single. She sounds like a real bitch.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. That's the thing is like, okay, those rules, that's fine. You want to have those rules and you want to play those games cool it's probably for the guy that you're dating at the time whoever you're on a date what's benefit because they're gonna go they're gonna get that text later or however she decides that she's gonna let them know that it was a test that they failed she's gonna they're gonna get that text later in the night for example like hey i had a great time and she'll be like you didn't pass my test you didn't stay when i told you to leave what like okay bye thank god like dodge a bullet like this is what i'm saying there must be a lot of first dates and i'm not sure how many second ones she's gonna get if she plays that kind of shitty game
1: When I came in this morning for our FM radio show I saw a story and I instantly wrote it off And thought, ugh, that's bullshit Now I've seen it in a second And a third different place So I'm going to give it some credibility here More than half of us Don't know the names Of all four of our grandparents The first name What? The survey from Ancestry Gathered responses from 2,113 people one poll conducted a survey on behalf of the genealogy company in March, and it determined 53% cannot name all of their grandparents. That's I can.
0: Insane. Oh, me too. I can easily name my grandparents.
1: There's so grandma always- and grandpa and grand and granddad. <laughs> I know all weird. four of their names. What on, are they talking no. about?
0: Hang on. They actually have names like you and I do. It's crazy, but they what? do. I know, I know. Gran
1: uh, doesn't have a name. She's Gran.
0: I think I know middle names, too. Like, I know a lot of them. But every family's different. It, it, are these people who just, like, didn't gr- grow up close to their grandparents? I don't understand.
1: I actually do get it. I, I think there's something to the fact that you call somebody by the some name all the time and it just sticks. Hmm. You had no reason to know what your grandfather on your mom's side's first name was because you just call him Gramps or Grandpa.
0: Yeah, but like you hear stuff, like I, I, I disagree. Like you hear stories and don't you ask questions and know stories and once you get older I understand as a kid you don't know. As a little kid with your grandma, it's grandma, grandpa. If I ask my kids for example hey, what's Babs, that's my mom what's Babsy's name? Actually, they know, like they already know what her name is. They know what my dad's name is. Um, They likely know what their grandparent's name is and they're little. But even then I'd give a pass. But once you get into like closer to adulthood, you don't give, you don't care to know what the name is. A lot of people are also named after their grandparents. So that's where that surprises me as well. Like, to not know at all what your one of, even one of them is, I'm shocked. Like, do people seriously not care about their lineage at all, to not even care what their first name is?
1: Well, actually, they do, because I'm looking more into this ancestry survey, and they say two-thirds of people overall say they'd like to know more about their family history. The number one thing people want to hear or know is stories about their ancestors when they were young and what their life was like. So are we talking grandparents or are we talking like great grandparents or are we going back to like the Middle Ages here? How how far back do we want to go in our ancestry?
0: That's the thing. And some people really want to care. I, I got to be honest with you. Like, I, I know my great grandparents. I know I, I'm just actually blessed enough to know them in life before they passed um, at, when I was young. But. They're probably after that. I don't even think I've asked questions. I feel like there's like a cutoff where after when you get older, maybe you are interested in your lineage for some reason. Maybe you're doing a his maybe it's because you're doing a history project or maybe it's just for your own personal use of history projects. And you go, OK, I'm curious because I want to know because I did take that DNA test and I found out I'm part, you know, German. What relative of mine was German? And then you kind of backtrack. But most people and I put myself in this category, Like, I just don't give a shit. Right. That's going to sound bad, maybe, but I don't give a shit. Like, I know who my great-grandparents are. I've heard their stories. They actually both have lovely stories, Um, sometimes disturbing, because they're from the, like, early 1900s, basically, and my great-grandmother was, like, 12 when she met my great-grandfather, so that's fucked up. But anyway, you know, I hear those stories, and then before that, though, I don't care. And I know that sounds bad, and there's some people listening going, oh, you should care more about history. I... Don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't. I just don't.
1: I I just have a line. I mean, I I don't know or didn't know my great grandparents, but I certainly knew my grandparents and I thought a lot of them. I'd like to know more about them. Going back beyond the grandparents, it really doesn't affect me that much. I I think I'm pretty good. But
0: which I realize how twisted that is though, Scott, because think of it. That's like your your daughter let's say your daughter has a kid and they have a kid one day. That's like them not giving a shit about you. Basically. So I know that's messed up and that sounds like wrong, but I get it. At the same time, like my great, great grandchildren. Yeah. Okay. Just live your life. I don't know what life's going to be like. I'll be dead. My great
1: grandma cat lived through the pandemic of the 2020s. (laughs)
0: Barely squeaking through, Scott. Barely squeaking through.
1: Heard she was an anti-masker. What a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, COVID will still be around then. Uh, so the number one thing people want to know is the stories about their ancestors when they were young and what their life was like. Number two, are you via your ancestors connected to any historical events? Do you know if you are?
0: Um, again, like this is where I just stopped giving a shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I don't really care. I, d- <laughs> that sounds so bad. I don't know. No, I, I think
1: my dad went to Woodstock. Does that count? <laughs> i don't know
0: (laughs) i mean for me yeah like but like i said there's like a line like past my great grandparents i don't i don't know and i don't care i I know that my if i went to my dad for example um and i never knew my dad's dad my dad's dad passed away when he was just 15 years old so i'll ask him questions and that's great and he knows a lot of answers because he's done the research and that's cool and i'll ask him specific questions about you know war and who fought in a war and who did this and that's cool. But aside from that, um, I yeah, I, I don't know if there's any historical events. My grandma went to see Elvis live in concert once. Like, wow. That. Big that's time. That's a big historical moment. But,
1: Is that you know, in her profile on Ancestry?
0: <laughs> it should be, Scott. Those are the kind of things that are interesting, right? But there are some things that for me, I'm just like, I don't know. Like if someone told me my great, great, whatever, something like fought in the war or whatever. I don't know, big historical moment of some kind where it was like Hitler's right-hand man. Oh, maybe I don't want to know that. I feel like you, you get into a dangerous territory when you find out things about your ancestors so you might not want to know. You might actually be better off not knowing some of it.
1: The third thing is, where did your last name come from and what does it mean? Are you curious?
0: Yeah, and I do know. It's like it's funny. I don't retain that, but I do. I, I do know that. I my it's Callaghan, by the way, and I'm and my some of my family gets mad because I say Callahan, and that's fine to me. The G is silent, but Callaghan, and it goes way back. And yes, I have read about it. I didn't retain much from it, and it's another one of those things that I don't care about.
1: <laughs> um. Over in the U- you? <laughs> I do know the history of it. I'm assuming somebody at some point came home and said, "Look, I caught a fox for dinner," and they just said, "You're going to be fox from now on," and it just stuck. That's how I assume that this happened because they're very common in nature.
0: And it doesn't change anything, and it's usually not interesting. Like I, I, if I'm at a party with someone and they're like, "Hey, you know, my last name's McFadden," then let me tell you th- what this means. I, I don't want to fucking hear it. Like I don't care. <laughs> don't care. Wow.
1: Sorry to everybody whose name is McFadden. Catch Sorry, a shit McFadden. all over you.
0: Damn it. It's not even Friday and we got to make sure we apologize to the McFaddens at the end of this.
1: Um, A town in England just removed thousands of daffodils from a park so that little kids don't eat them. Most people don't know, but daffodils are toxic to humans and to pets. It's rare for anyone to die from daffodil poisoning, but they can cause severe vomiting, diarrhea, and stomach pain. The bulbs are the most toxic part. A few years ago, three full-grown adults ended up in the ER after they thought some daffodil bulbs were onions and ate them. And obviously those symptoms would be worse if it's a little kid. So this town over in England decided we're going to play it safe and get rid of all the daffodils in the park so that no kid ever eats the daffodils. Now residents of the town say they're angry. This is ridiculous. Nobody ever ate one. Why did we take them out in case someone does all great questions. It's a great example of government completely missing the point. Well, I mean, in theory, somebody might see that delicious looking daffodil in the middle of the park and try and put it in their mouth. We can't have that. So we better pull out over a thousand daffodils. Am I the only one that finds that completely outrageous?
0: That is that is outrageous. The cost of like pulling them out and the and the manpower and the resources and stuff. Could they not have just if they were actually that afraid someone would eat them, which is messed up all on its own? Could they not put up like a fence? Because daffodils, from what I know, are pretty. Like they're kind of nice. They're beautiful. Why on earth be- would anybody rip them out just in you case the them. worst happens? Yeah, I don't, I don't. That's a weird way of doing it because I feel like you could have probably figured out a different solution or put up a. I don't know. Put up. a I don't know who'd eat them. I don't even know who, how that would happen. I really don't know how that would happen. But think about all the dangers, Scott. Think about every time you could walk down your street and you might see a couple dangers. Do we seriously have to, like, rip things out and tear things apart because somebody might, you know, be stupid enough to jump off of that structure or something? Like, oh, tear it out. Someone might jump off it and kill themselves. If we did that, could you imagine? We'd we'd go without a lot of shit.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, I we have warning labels that are very, very mundane. Things like, oh, don't attempt to use this toaster in the bathtub. Well, they have to do that because at some point, somewhere along the line, some asshole tried to make toast in the tub, and, and they probably electrocuted themselves to death. That makes sense. Put a label on it. If you really, really feel that this is that big a deal, sure, put up a sign. Don't eat the daffodils. They'll kill you. Fine put an ad in the paper or something you don't rip out a thousand daffodils on the off chance that somebody might not just eat the daffodil pull it right out of the ground and eat the goddamn bulb that's ridiculous but that's that new government approach in a post-covid world even though this is not a danger to the vast 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 majority of people it could happen so we better take action and it's crazy to me i've got one more that i want to fit in here and it is a doozy I think everybody understands that when you see a commercial for fast food, you're not exactly seeing exactly what's offered in the restaurant. There are makeup artists, for lack of a better term, that do nothing but try and make a a Whopper that generally looks like shit by the time you take it out of the plastic wrapper. Look good in a TV commercial. Nice fresh bun and fresh toppings and blah, blah, blah. Well, anybody who's ever had a Whopper knows that's not really what they look like when you get one. And now, four Burger King loyal customers have filed a class action lawsuit against the chain claiming the Burger King intentionally makes their Whoppers look bigger in the advertising
0: uh, com- duh, duh.
1: compared to reality. 35% bigger. Is there anything to this? Because, I mean, yeah, the burgers look great. They look delicious there uh, uh, on the commercial. Looks great, yeah. Hey, fuck, I could go for a Whopper. It sounds good. Has anybody ever been 35% disappointed in the size, what they got? I mean, for burgers?
0: We need... (laughs) Be careful now.
1: Sometimes you unwrap it and it's smaller than you thought. Smaller than you were led to believe.
0: This is what I like to call, like, the subway effect, right? And we did have... um... Was it a lawsuit or somebody ended up winning money, though? Got money for this, basically, because they said, no, Subway, it's not actually a foot long. And and yes, if you advertise it as a foot long, fine. But I think most people know, like this just seems like a money grab to me, because most people know when you advertise something, you're absolutely right. You want to make it look the best you can. And in a lot of cases, that's not actually food you see on television. There's actors that'll hold up like a sandwich or a burger or fries, and they're not even edible. Like they'll just do it as like a pretend situation most people I think know that they're probably just trying to take advantage and who has the time like it actually is a lot of work to like attempt to file a lawsuit over this it just it's just freaking ridiculous to me although I will say one thing Scott is that I do wish more companies would just advertise as it is like I want you to do a commercial about a Whopper Where it's exactly that Where someone's taking it Out of the wrapper The bun's kind of Sliding off at that point There's (laughs) fucking ketchup And mustard all over Your fingers
1: Too much mayo on the side (laughs) And then it's smeared On the bun
0: It's a little gross looking But I think that people Will still eat the product And maybe people Would respect it I, I remember even when McDonald's came out with the... We all know the Big Mac was messy, right? Because there's little shreds of lettuce. They don't do the full lettuce pieces at McDonald's. It's little shreds of lettuce. So we know that it's a messy thing. And they finally advertised it as so. Like, that's the best part about the Big Mac is it's mess. And that turned out to be a really good promotion for the Big Mac for them. They ended up seeing some good results based on it. Maybe we need to go more honest. Like, yeah, these douchebags are trying to sue because it doesn't look like it. Nah, you're dumb. Like, it's, it's going to be that way forever. There's always going to be fake food, and there's always going to be the right angles and the right lighting. And that's kind of, that's advertising anything. They're not going to show you exactly as it is. But I wouldn't mind seeing more of the way it really is for a lot of different products.
1: The people who have filed the class action lawsuit claim Burger King started to materially overstate the size of its burgers in ads beginning back in September 2017, but the amount of beef or ingredients contained in the Whopper has never changed. And they say it's not just the Whopper. They've also overstated the size of the Impossible Burger, the Big King, the Bacon Double Cheeseburger, and several other sandwiches that are on the menu. They're asking for unspecified damages because they were, and I quote, Deceived. They're also (laughs) demanding that BK make their ads more realistic. A spokesperson for the company would not comment, saying they don't comment on pending or potential litigations. I really don't see how this is going to go anywhere, but I suppose it might. I thought the subway lawsuit was kind of frivolous, but here we are.
0: Yeah. People suing over a foot. And it was a little bit different because, I mean, if you're saying it's exactly... The, they're not saying that in the Whopper commercials. They're not saying it's exactly going to be, you know, whatever it is, four inch and a half inches high minimum for you guys. Like the ones in the Whopper commercials and stuff, are also there's a ton of toppings in there. And I don't think that's real life either. They don't put like three tomatoes in your hamburger. There's, you're lucky if you get one slapped in there. And I think you have to ask for extras. Because in the advertisement, usually there's a shit ton, which does make it look bigger as well. I mean, I'm all for looking at advertising that's actually as it is, because I think that people will still eat it. Like, that's the thing is that if you see a dirty, filthy fucking Whopper that's sliding all over the place, you're probably still going to look at it and be like, if you like a Whopper anyway, you're going to go, yeah, I'm hungry for one of those. That sounds good.
1: Why don't they serve it on the floor? Because that's where half the toppings end up. They just drop. Just put it on the counter. Like, oh, here's your bun. And the tomatoes are over there. And we drop the pickle on the floor for you because it'll end up there anyway. They're messy burgers. It kind of reminds me of when uh, somebody tried to sue McDonald's because they claimed the quarter pounder isn't actually a quarter pound. Right. And then McDonald's had to come out and clarify and say it was a quarter pound pre-cooking. Once you cook it, obviously, it gets a little smaller and some of the juices drain out and it becomes a little less than a quarter pound. But somebody was actually going to sue over that. And my question is... Don't you have anything better to do? Honestly.
0: Like, I wish. Like, I'm almost jealous. Like, you actually had the time. You took the time out of your day to be like, Hey, lawyer, I'd like to do this and let's make it happen. Who fucking has time for that? Eat the burger and be on your way. Like,
1: honestly, eat the burger, shut the fuck up and uh, carry on with your day. It's really not that hard
0: and haven't you been in that position scott where you have ordered something at a chain so you know what to expect when you order something from a chain you expect it to be like relatively the same everywhere you go maybe that means a tim Hortons, maybe it is a mcdonald's or a subway or any of the above and you go in there and you order it and you look at it and you're like that is not even what i got the last time i was here like this is kind of i still don't say anything can i just say i still won't say anything i won't i got like a subway salad once and the person did such a good job. They chopped everything up for me really good. When you do like a salad version of it, they'll, like there's people who will chop it all up. And then I got another one. And like they didn't bother even chopping the chicken. There's like ch- humongous chunks of chicken I had to cut up myself and like huge slices of tomato in the salad. So, I, and still I didn't complain. Like I'm like, whatever. Inconsistency happens. I just don't understand who even has the time to launch a lawsuit over something like this. It's crazy.
1: Okay, we got to blow through a couple of real quick stories here because we're low on time. The Kardashian marriage that apparently happened on Monday, is this legit or is this a stunt for the show?
0: Um, so, I mean, yes, it's legit, but also no, because we're hearing that Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker, they got married in Vegas after the Grammys. And when I say after the Grammys, I mean at 1.30 in the morning on Monday.
1: That sounds like a drunken mess.
0: Yeah, it does. And I'm not even sure she... I don't... Does Courtney drink? I don't remember if Courtney drinks. I know Kim doesn't drink very much. So I'm pretty sure that they planned it because they did have, like, some family there. And like I said, it was after the Grammys. So they attended... I don't know if they attended the after party to the Grammys or went right from the Grammys to a a chapel in Vegas. But they got married by Elvis. The thing is, they didn't go to what you're supposed to do. I know because I got married in Vegas. You got to go over to Clark County in advance and grab your marriage license so that you can sign it when you get married and they did none of that like there was no actual paperwork so y- yeah there was a marriage ceremony but no legal paperwork so i don't know what their plan is here they haven't really said much
1: i didn't even know you could i didn't know the chapel's would marry you without the certificate but it is an interesting thing yeah imagine can if do you it. C- imagine if you could have a wedding the dream day that you're waiting for but It doesn't actually count. It's not technically legal. This is a ceremony between you and your partner and you're making a commitment to each other, but the government doesn't recognize it. That I think is
0: kind of neat. Well, and that's what people do. Don't forget, like a lot of people who get married on destination, they can't sign paperwork there. So what they'll do is they'll go to the, you know, the, whatever, the town hall and get married. So their anniversary, which is always very confusing, by the way. I have some friends who, I don't know who, when I'm supposed to say happy anniversary to you. Because you guys, before you went away to Mexico, for example, to get married, you went and you signed your license on the, you know, 25th of April. But you actually got married on the 30th of April. So I'm like, what, what which day do I say happy anniversary? But there's a lot of people in that position who do destination wedding. Settings. Vegas, though, is one of those places you actually can legally get married on that day, but you have to file the paperwork in advance. Like when my husband and i got married there we went right to the clark county hall, town hall because you have to there's like a full grace of like a period where you have to wait before you actually have to get it signed so we had to pick up the paperwork and then it could be signed within 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever the heck it was so yeah you can do it and you could do it for anniversary like i'm thinking about doing it I, i'm thinking this time going the, the elvis route like courtney and, and travis when i when we celebrate our tenure I'm thinking of doing that. We don't design anything, but we just have a ceremony and they'll do that for you. Absolutely.
1: I have another recommendation for you. You've okay. already gotten married in Vegas. If you're going to do another ceremony, maybe Nashville. Garth Brooks is the latest country star to open a bar and entertainment space in the lower Broadway area of Nashville. Garth says in a statement his goal is to turn the property into a classic honky-tonk that encourages love and kindness while playing the greatest music in the world. He bought a three-story building back in December. Details on the amenities, attractions, and menu options will be announced soon. In the same area as Garth Brooks's bar, you can also find bars that belong to John Rich, Kid Rock, Blake Shelton, Jason Aldean, Florida Georgia Line, Luke Bryan, Dirks Bentley, and Miranda Lambert. Can I tell you, I don't really care about most of those people, but a Garth Brooks bar sounds like the kind of place I want to go.
0: That's amazing. Did, does it say sorry, did you say if there's a if there's a name for the bar because not yet. I love not yet. Okay, no. cuz Kid Rocks is what is it? Like the big ass honky tonk or some shit like yeah. that. <laughs> I love a good name, right? Like I just want to go to a place and, and Kid Rocks place is not really the place I'd want to go. Garth Brooks, you know I'm a fan, you're a fan too. Like sign me up for that. I'm going.
1: Mickey Mouse will soon be able to hug and sign autographs again. Disney says after two years of keeping their costume stars from close contact with visitors because of the pandemic, those rules are being eased. The company says its U.S. parks can resume the kind of character encounters that fans have delighted in, like taking selfies with Mickey and his crew. Uh, Disney says the revised rules will be phased in later this month at its parks in Anaheim, California, Orlando, Florida, and on Disney cruises, cat, the the prohibition on hugging is over. COVID has come to an end.
0: Ha ha! This is the best news I've ever heard.
1: Were those characters in those big freaking costumes and helmets really in? danger?
0: Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I, I actually saw a video of friends of mine um, took their kids to Disney uh, World and they were like, oh, it was, it was actually pretty good. Not bad because I was asking questions. Not that I'm going to consider it this year. I think I'm just going to say screw this year for it and do it next year. But that's the plan is I'd love to take them. So I was asking some questions and that's one of the things they said is there was like a barricade. So they saw like Rapunzel, for example, and the kids happened to like Rapunzel. And they're like, oh, it's Rapunzel. And there was like a fence and you couldn't actually get to Rapunzel. <laughs> it was like the weirdest thing and and a couple different characters that they still did the parades and all those things but there was no like physical contact which i suppose i understand you know you want to keep just like your work might still have a mask policy you're still gonna have disney careful with their that is their employees after all so i mean i get it
1: And on that, we will say thank you for downloading this episode of After 9. We're going to try and string one together again for you tomorrow and then Friday and just keep on going for all time. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you want, you can leave us a voicemail. 519-772-4443. 519-772-4443. Leave us a message. If it's good, or if it's something we can fit into the pod or even the radio show, we'll absolutely do it. Have yourselves a great day, guys. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow. Bye-bye. Tiger Woods, who's still recovering from an injury that many thought would end his career, said that he plans to play this week at the Masters. Golf announcers were so pumped. They were like, this is amazing. An environmental group said in a new report that it cleaned up nearly half a million pieces of trash last year from New Jersey beaches, including a fake eyeball. Wow, I am shocked that it was fake. Well, guys, I want to say congrats to the Kansas Jayhawks, who won the NCAA championship after pulling off the biggest comeback in tournament history. Yeah, it was an amazing game. The Kansas players woke up today like, it felt like a dream. You were there, and you were there. The Tin Man, you were there. (laughs) Authorities in Florida announced that they arrested six men who allegedly stole thousands of dollars worth of gasoline from several gas stations. They would have gotten away, but thousands of dollars of gasoline was still only like a quarter tank. (laughs) The After Nine podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy